This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, we introduce a new Guess Who game. The question answer covers blowouts of last weekend's postseason matchups in the NFL, as well as the Brady versus Belichick debate. This week in sports covers our NBA All-Star Game balance. College football bowl pick'em winner Joe Lister hops on for some U.S. men's national team talk, and we give our picks for the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. Welcome, welcome everyone. This is the Dylan and Dylan Show. Excited to have you along with us for a wonderful Friday, January 21st edition of the Dylan and Dylan Show. DJ here, Dylan Jesperson, DH there. Dylan Holt is always with me. How are you doing today, Dylan? Doing fantastic. Um, what a week we have ahead of our weekend, I guess, ahead of us now. A week behind us, looking back, a great week as well. Um, I didn't mention it on last week's show, at least I don't think I did. Like I said last week, my brain was everywhere. Murray State, my alma mater, my the one of the things I love most in this world is Murray State basketball. They went to Belmont in Nashville on Saturday and got a huge win. First time we've ever beat Belmont on their home court. Felt really, really good. We won by like 20 points. Tevin Brown looked like a star. Juice Hill looked incredible. K.J. Williams, that big three is just something else. Murray State hasn't lost the game in OVC play. Looking really, really good. Um, I think it was John Rothstein said Murray's favorite in every game they play for the rest of the season. No other team has that on their resume. So I don't know that Murray State's going to go into fear for the rest of the year, but it's looking really good for the Racers, which is really, really exciting. Um, and they've got – They've got three games in the next five days. Lots of exciting stuff happening there. And obviously, the Tennessee Titans hit the field for playoff football this uh, this Saturday. I'm really excited about that, but I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, the Murray State news. I, I've been watching, the, you know, obviously keeping up with Joe Lenardi and the, the bracketology. Uh, I saw Murray State. I think he was on, they were on the next four out or the first four out, somewhere within that range. But that's just get, Joe's the show. You know, Murray State's becoming one of those teams that you can consider for an at-large, but even if it doesn't work out in the OVC, which we assume it will, but even if it ended up not working out, you would get that at-large recognition. I think that's just, you know, showing where that program has gone in these past few years. But uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to get into some interesting things happening here uh, at TV Sports, at the Dylan Dylan Show. Everything in sports is exciting me right now, uh, outside of maybe the rumors surrounding Jim Harbaugh. But we can get into that once those are no longer rumors uh, and we can have an actual news story to get into. Today, uh, in place of our normal out-of-the-box draft, we have another game for you guys that we think is going to be a lot of fun and should be entertaining for you guys. We're going to be playing a Dylan and Dylan version of Guess Who. Guess Dylan who? and I have selected the theme for the player, the pool of people that we can select from, and we'll have one minute of questions and guesses to narrow down the player pool uh, and inevitably make our guess. Uh, we tested it out yesterday. We think it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm excited. We're going to get right into it. The player pool this week is NFL players remaining still in the remaining in the playoffs. So no Pittsburgh, Vegas, or New England, no Dallas, Arizona, or Philly, but any player in the from the remaining playoffs team are eligible to be chosen to be guest. So keep that in mind as we get into it. Uh, it doesn't really matter who goes first in this situation. Well, anyway. I've got, got the point, point anyway. Uh, I'll go. With, I'll go back to tails because it really doesn't matter. And I'm like, that's tails. It's a different game. Maybe. I mean, you never know. Mixing, I, I, stuff, mixing stuff up. I'd like to let you go first. I'd like to see okay. like, how it goes. And, and we shall see. We will All see. Right. So I'm going to start my time. On your clock. We will keep our own time, honor system, and then once that one minute is up, uh, we will get one final guess if we haven't yep. gotten it yet. So All everyone's right. got the clock. We're going to get ready Here to we go. go. Let's go now. Is it AFC? No. Okay, so it's NFC. Is it Green Bay? No. Is it San Francisco? Yes. San Francisco. Offense? No. Ooh, defense. Yes. Ooh, linebacker? No. Ooh, defensive lineman? No. 
Ooh, corner. Yes. Ooh, Emmanuel Mosley. No. Oh, that was an out-of-the-box one. Uh, a corner on San Francisco. Who plays corner on San Francisco? Uh, Richard Sherman's not in San Francisco anymore. Um, corners on San Francisco. Let me think. Who is that fella from TCU? San Francisco 49er corners. I, I don't know. San Francisco 49 Is K1 Williams still a 49er? Uh, he is, but it wasn't. The, that was not my guess. It was not K1 Williams. Um, um, who's a 49er corner? Corners on the 49ers. Um, um, I've got five seconds. 49ers corners. Um, it's not Emmanuel Mosley. I, it's bad. They probably have a dominant number one corner. I, that's, I ran out of time. Uh, final guess, Deion Sanders. <laughs> it is not Deion Sanders. My player was Ray Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw. What in the world? Arkansas? A Razorback, I believe. I believe so. Uh, The point being, and Emmanuel Mosley would have worked the same way. I just really just went to like their cornerbacks and was like, oh, Dre Greenlaw. I think that kind of fits. Really, the point behind my pick, I told you I had a point behind it, is that whoever's matched up on Devontae Adams, and I think it's going to end up being Dre Greenlaw a bunch, is going to have his hands full this weekend. Uh, so I'm I, I'm expecting, if there's going to be any upset, I do think it might be San Francisco over Green Bay. I just think for some reason, I think it's going to happen. Like Not that I think it's going to happen, but I think there's the biggest possibility of any of the upsets to happen. And if it's going to happen, it's because one of those two corners has an amazing game against Devontae Adams. And if it... I, it's a toss-up, one or the other. I went with Dre Greenlaw as my pick, uh, and I thought it was going to be a tough one to pick. And you definitely—it was definitely—it was a tougher. It was tough. Uh, I will give you that. It's your turn. All right, let me get my. I might be tough. I don't know. Let me get my stopwatch ready. I—I'm afraid because we did this yesterday. My mind went blank really quickly, so I'm—I have the rosters ready to go, but I do. I'm not. Re- I'm not ready once my stream of consciousness goes away like once it's it goes away really quick i'm i'm afraid of what's gonna happen. as our listeners just heard me i (laughs) could think of k1 williams emmanuel emmanuel mosley a Deion sanders that was it i mean you got two like that's the thing i couldn't have even gotten like two i would have gotten probably to you know k1 williams and then i would have been out there we go you got you got your chance right here when your stopwatch starts all right i'm getting ready to go you ready i am all right i or d or afc NFC. Uh, Packers? No. 49ers? No. Uh, Tampa? Yes. Okay, offense or defense? Offense. Tampa Bay offense. Uh, offensive line? No. Uh, running back? No. Quarterback? No. Wide receiver? Yes. Um, young or is he younger? Sure. Uh, Tyler Johnson? No. Uh, Cyril Grayson? No. Jalen Darden? No. Scotty Miller? Yes. Scotty. Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. That was tough. That was I, you got I think you got to have the rosters open in the future. Uh, just it makes for, it very for, hard. For the audience, it was nice to be able to limit it down and just be able to go one by one by one uh, once I got to the wide receivers. But, yeah. Yeah, Scotty Miller is definitely going to have a big impact too, and that and that game is going to be a lot of fun. That Tampa Bay Rams game. I know I said the 49ers have the best chance of an upset. It's because I don't really see the Rams beating the Bucks as an upset at this point. The Rams are no, that's a very, very even. The Rams are a very good team. The Bucks are a very good team, but I think that's going to be the best matchup of this uh, playoffs. But I also said the Rams and Cardinals was going to be the best matchup, and that was clearly not, was not. Uh, one of the best matchups. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I'm excited to get more of those in. We'll get some uh, content up on social media, just like we do with the out-of-the-box drafts. Uh, happy to get uh, get that out of the way. That was a lot of fun. We'll get into the questions and answer segments. Uh, fittingly, we'll throw it to your question because that that kind of segues off of what we just talked about with the – the Cardinals and Rams game last week. It does. Uh, we've got a lot of playoff football to talk about because, I mean, it's the, it's the best time of the year, let's be honest. we got playoff football going on. We're going to talk a lot of playoff football today. But my question was, and I, I sent this to Dylan earlier in the week, and I was, I was kind of sitting there struggling to think of a question. And I was like, oh, I know what it is because I was sitting there thinking this all weekend. Why were there so many blowouts over wildcard weekend? Like, we had six games. 
and four of them were blowouts. And I, I've got my analysis, but I want to I want to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think it was a mix of uh, you know a, a few things. Obviously, there's some COVID stuff that's going around that's still going around and keeping guys out, uh, and that mixed with the extra week of the regular season and the injuries that piled up because of that kind of put some of these teams at a poor spot. And I think that's kind of one of the things that other leagues hint at the MLB that are looking to expand their playoffs and expand their season need to look at. We do not want to have these uh, injured players down the road uh, once they get to the postseason. So I think that was a big part of it. Uh, I'd like to hear what you have to think real quickly. Yeah. Uh, so when I was looking at this, because I, I wanted to really see like where there's many blowouts as I thought there were. And there were, it was four out of six. Cincinnati, Las Vegas was close. And then Dallas, San Francisco was close. But Dallas, San Francisco, I mean, for a little while, it looked like San Francisco might run away with it. Dallas made it close in the fourth quarter. And then when you really look it down, uh, look down like matchup by matchup, New England and Buffalo, that was a blowout. Buffalo beat the brakes off New England. And when you really break it down, they played three times this season, the playoff, the wild card game being the third time. They split the first two meetings, and both meetings were pretty close. I mean, I think you can break that down to, oh, Buffalo is the better team. But still, I, I just don't know if it should be a blowout to that magnitude where it was really never close. And then Philly, Tampa Bay, they played once in the regular season. Tampa Bay won by six. And then on Sunday, I mean, Tampa Bay looked like one of the best teams in the world, kind of like how Buffalo looked against New England. It's just it, it, the, the difference between the regular season meetings and the playoffs meetings, it's incredible. Pittsburgh, Kansas City. They played week 16. Kansas City blew them out week 16. They blew them out in the playoffs. That one makes sense. They're, they're the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't lose in January. And then Arizona and L.A. They played twice in the regular season. Arizona actually won big the first time they played. And then L.A. won the second matchup. So those teams are, are kind of weird. L.A. got better as the season went on with the additions of Von Miller and Odell Beckham. Arizona got worse as the uh, guys got went down with injury. Like DeAndre Hopkins, that team is not the same without DeAndre Hopkins. And with him not playing, it, it hurt their chances. And that, that L.A. defense with Aaron Donald and Von Miller playing really good, I, there's going to be a lot of teams struggling to beat them, and Tampa Bay's going to have their hands full, and we're going to talk about that later. But I think – I don't know. It's it's weird. It, it might be that teams, uh, they just step it up a notch in the playoffs. Like, we know they do, but it, it might just be Buffalo showing how good they truly are, and we're going to talk about that – with or I'm going to talk about that when we get to your question. Tampa Bay maybe stepping up, showing just how good they really are, and the same with LA, just stepping up and, like, really showing their potential. If so, that's exciting because – as we head into this weekend's games and then the conference championships, it, we've got a really good, a lot of really good teams in this league, which is exciting to know and see. Yeah. And I, I think that's my other point too. And you touched on it is the, the, you know, injuries were one thing, but I think the, all of those teams that blew out their opponents on uh, uh, over the last weekend uh, just kind of separated themselves. And now we can really see the true contenders from the playoff teams. I think we all, kind of knew Philly and Oakland snuck in and then those were, you know, less competitive teams than these other teams. But we truly saw, you know, Buffalo is for real this year. I think last year was a bit more of like, they're the new kids on the block. Buffalo is for real this year. And I think that that Chiefs game is going to give them a lot of, or it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because I think they have a lot better chance than they did last year uh, to beat that Chiefs team. So, yeah, I think, I think they just, those teams that went out and did what they did separated themselves from, you know, the Pittsburghs and the Vegases and the New Englands of the world, uh, which leads me into my question a little bit. You know, obviously New England took a big loss while Tampa uh, did not. Tampa moved on with Tom Brady. And uh, I think the narrative, I, I almost didn't want to ask this question because it was the first thing that came to my mind. is like, oh, this is the general sports talk question that's coming after this last weekend. But I think it's, almost time to like put it to bed because I almost feel like the narrative finally got written on, on Saturday with those two teams, but I'm interested to hear your, uh, your take on it. Did Bill Bell, the Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady's argument, did it get settled on set uh, over the weekend with the Patriots loss of the bills and the bucks win, or is it still an open conversation or was it still, you know, a combination of the two, you know, there's obviously always that, but in the Brady versus bill, um, question, what's your take on it now? So I think, like you said, it's a combination of the two. I, I like When I thought about this, I, th- I was like, it comes down to the three Bs. You've got Brady, you've got Bill, and you've got the Bills. Because the, I think this is a lot about the Bills when you're talking about Bill Belichick. 
and what they're able to do. You were just praising them because it really seems like they've stepped it up. We expected the Bills to be really good this year. And they were kind of lackadaisical throughout the regular season. Like they were winning games, but no one was really impressed by them. Like coming into the playoffs, people were like, do they do we really want Josh Allen leading the Bills? Like this is like a Porsche. And like Josh Allen really, like a lot of people are questioning him. And then he goes out against that Patriots defense and looks like a superstar, which I mean he he's deservedly has become one. Um, and New England, I don't think – like, we sat here and like, you can't bet against Bill Belichick. We both thought the Patriots were going to win that game because the Bills had kind of been like a day school. I don't think the Bills were ever going to lose that game. I remember checking Twitter Saturday morning. I think they played on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday or Sunday, whichever it was. Checking Twitter, and Bills fans were jumping through tables at, like, 8 a.m. I was like, yeah, that, that's going to be the most hostile environment on planet Earth. And it was, and Mac Jones is a rookie. I understand he played in the SEC, did all that. As an as a rookie quarterback, taking the Patriots into Buffalo, I and it's like it was like negative two degrees or whatever. It's freezing cold. He was never gonna win that game. It just wasn't gonna happen. Um, Josh Allen and the Bills stepped up. They did everything they needed to do to kind of shut up the critics like we were last week. And now we're seeing the praises as we should be. Um and I think that, I, like I said, I think this has more to do with what the Bills did to Bill Belichick. Because Tom Brady, I think it's in the same conversation. Like, I I said, oh, the weather's going to be finicky. Tom Brady might struggle in the weather. It was the prettiest day ever. Never listen to weathermen. That's the takeaway there. Um, I, I think Tom Brady, again, in clean weather, was never going to lose that game to Philly. He definitely has a hard spot uh, in his mind for Philadelphia after what happened in that Super Bowl. So he – you could tell he was going in and he was going to win that game from the start. They they were putting it on pretty good in the playoffs in that wild card game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's tough. And, like, my last point on my notes is I think they're both the modern goats of, like, Tom's the modern goat of quarterback, Bill's the modern goat of coaches. I, I think that's where it stands at. I don't, it's hard to say which is – if there's one that's above the other, I, I think that's hard to say. I guess it would be Tom because Tom's – I mean – if there was a logo like there is in the NBA or MLB, it'd be Tom at this point. He's, he just keeps winning, and I expect him to hold a Lombardi in a couple weeks because he, he's unstoppable. But uh, what is your take on the Brady and Belichick situation? Yeah, I think I, I'm in agreement with you. I think the, the thing that was solved, I think, over the last two years, ever since Tom left New England the way he did and, and joined Tampa, uh, is – decide that like the mastermind behind it all was probably Tom. Like he put himself in the best position every time. And we've seen that now when, when push comes to shove, who made the right decision? It was Tom when he got out, when he did. Now it's easier for Tom to make that decision. Bill has been the, the, the architect of what happened in new England. It's not easy for him to just jump ship, but when it came down to it, you know, we always expected that new England franchise to just keep on winning regardless of who was that quarterback. I mean, he was winner with Matt Castle at quarterback at one time. And th- and now all of a sudden it seems like it's not going that way. And I think some of the cracks uh, in Bill Belichick's just like perfect allure are breaking while Tom's is still, still continuing. So I think that's a little bit, you, you bring it up though. It's hard to compare them. They're coach, coach versus player. Uh, I mean, especially when they did it together. I mean, the, those are their accomplishments it's Bill's accomplishment just as much as it's Thomas accomplishment. So uh, it's tough to say one or the other. Uh, I've always been of the thought process though. If, if Tom ever wants to get into coaching uh, and Michigan's head coaching job might be open here pretty quickly. Uh, I'd love to see that. And I'd love to see that actual comparison of like, can Tom coach the way Bill Belichick does? Because I think there's never been an NFL player an NFL quarterback more fit to step right into a head coaching role than Tom Brady. Whether that's something he wants to do, I mean, he's already made a ton of money and there's not, I don't think any head coaching job would pay him nearly the same amount that, that he could get in other ventures. But if he wants to test, like if he, because that's where I, I put Tom and Bill, they're the ultimate competitors. They want to win so badly. So I just can't, like we said, we've said a thousand times, I don't see Tom ever retiring uh, unless there's something more competitive down the road and maybe, you know, a head coaching gig down the road uh, just to prove himself, compete with his old head coach. I think that would be a lot of fun. So uh, until that day, though, uh, I think we just look at New England and just like that was the greatest dynasty of all time. They had the great <clears throat> they had the greatest coach of the modern era, the greatest quarterback of the modern era. Uh, and let's just <clears throat> respect it for what it was. 
uh, yeah, awesome stuff there. Always love the question and answer stuff. We will get right into uh, our next topic here. Uh, this week in sports, uh, actually, we're all, no, 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 wait. Yeah, this week in sports. I don't know where I'm, I'm, I'm messing up my script here, but we'll get into this week in sports. The NBA all-star voting uh, is wrapping up. The fan, final round of fan voting is wrapping up very soon. So me and Dylan thought it would be great time for us to give you our all-star ballots. Uh, we filled out our ballots just like the fans do. Five from the Eastern Conference, five from the Western Conference, two guards, three front court. Uh, and we will give you our starting five from each side uh do you want to go league by league first or do you want to just yeah the whole starting time yeah let's let's do league by league All uh right, we so can start which with whichever i don't care we're both give, in your, the, East, give your eastern conference yeah let's do east uh so my guards i've got trey young from atlanta uh the other guard i've got demar Derozan from the chicago bulls uh and the big guys i've got Giannis antetokounmpo from the milwaukee bucks joel Embiid from the philadelphia 76ers and kevin durant from the brooklyn nets uh who do you have out east. All right, give me a second here. I've got to find my uh I gotta find my ballot real quick. Yeah, there I'll talk about it. No, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got go it. Ahead. <laughs> All right. So out east. Uh with my guards, there's one obvious one is DeMar DeRozan. Uh the other one I wanted to go with curveball. Obviously, I've talked about how much I love Trey Young. Uh, I think he's the other obvious one, but I like LaMelo Ball as the other one because LaMelo is having an awesome year, and I know he's hurt right now, but LaMelo has been so cool for that Charlotte team. It seems like every night him and Miles Bridges are putting on some type of highlight reel dunk, uh, and he's got some nice stats, almost 20 points per game, seven rebounds and seven assists a game. He is like the prototype next type of uh, point guard, so I like LaMelo getting his first all-star game start. I don't think he actually will, but that's my vote. Uh, and then Giannis, Joel Embiid, and, and Jason Tatum is my front court uh, in the East. We'll throw it out West. Uh, what's, it your, what's it looking like out West for you? I know everyone will be shocked to hear this. At point guard in the West, Ja Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the other guard, I've got Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors. Steph definitely deserves to be there. Uh, the big guys, I've got LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers. I've got Nicole Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. And this last spot I struggled to fill. I didn't know who to put. And I was between two guys. And I ended up going with Paul George from the LA Clippers. Uh, the other guy I, I really wanted to put in there was Carl Anthony Towns. But I just, I don't know. I, I decided with go with PG. PG's had a really good season. He's kind of been keeping the Clippers afloat uh, with all the all the stuff they've gone through this year that uh, has been unfortunate with injuries and everything else. But yeah, decided to go with PG in that final spot. Who do you have out West? Yeah, I, I had to wrestle with the Paul George thing because I don't watch as much Western Conference basketball as I would like to, especially L.A. teams as I would like to because they're on so late comparatively to you know Detroit teams and Eastern Conference teams. But uh, my last recollection of Paul George is still his playoffs, and it's not not good when you're talking about playoff Paul George. So he did not make my, my – but he is definitely close to deserving. And that front court – that third front court spot, I I agree, is very tough to 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 pin down. Uh, for my guards, I went with Steph. I think he's the MVP of the league right now. So I think without putting him in the All Star game, I wanted to put Ja there. I really did. I was going to put him. I almost did. And then I saw Luca's stats, and it, it's almost it's almost unfair because Luca should be able. To, you should be able to put him in the front court, and then that would make sense. And then I would fit Ja and and put Luca at the three. Everything would fit. I couldn't pass up Luca at that second spot, so I had to put Luca there. Uh, and then my front court, I got Jokic. I've got LeBron. I mean, LeBron's leading the West in scoring at 30. And that highlight that we posted on the Dylan and Dylan Twitter show last night, insane. He is just nuts. Uh, with my third spot, I did go with Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't. It doesn't fit because now I got Jokic and cat both in the starting lineup but i wasn't i wasn't really making a starting lineup i was like who is the most deserving of these five um and i think carl anthony towns is overlooked having a really steady year for minnesota uh, i had him in my top 25 players at the beginning of the year i'm happy with that because he is definitely proving me right with, with the way he has played so um if i if if i could have swung luca to the three Ja would have made it at the, at the two spot for sure. But oh, ja, uh, Lucas should have been able to. Lucas in that rare uh, 
kind of position. He's kind of like LeBron where he can play anywhere on the court. Like they would have never put LeBron as a guard on one of these ballots. And that's how Luca should be. Luca he's in that, that hybrid position that should be considered like a three. And it's like my ballot would be Josh, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, and um, Luca. And I, I think that's how it, it would be, but they didn't give me the option. And I'm taking Ja over Luca any day of the week. That's just how it is. Um, and I, I'm glad you brought up LaMelo because I, I wanted to pick LaMelo. And I, I like going into voting, I was like, I went to Rosen and I went LaMelo Box. LaMelo has been electric. I would not pay any attention to the Charlotte Hornets if it was not for LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. And I was like, I know LaMelo's got really good numbers. And then I saw Trey Young's numbers. And I was like, oh my goodness, that fool is averaging that many points. It's like 27.2 points per game. I was like, good God, that's incredible. So I, it was hard to pass up on Trey Young. And then I, I really wanted to fit Jared Allen in there. Jared Allen has had a really good year for Cleveland. Cleveland's kind of been like the underdog story of the NBA, but you can't put him in over Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, like, has, he's going to be in the MVP uh, front running for the rest of the season. So Joel had to make it. Giannis had to make it. And then Kevin Durant was incredible this year. He's hurt. So he probably won't get that spot. But, I mean, be able to watch him, he's been incredible. So I, I wanted to give him the nod. Um, is there anyone that didn't quite make your list that you're, like, on the uh, fence about? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to mention in my Eastern Conference ballot, I passed up on KD to get Jason Tatum in there just because he's hurt. I like – I like when, you know, they just take into account the injuries beforehand because it gives Jason Tatum, a, like, we don't need to name Kevin Durant a starter and then give Jason Tatum that spot. We can just name Jason Tatum a starter, and then I, I'm sure there's some contract incentives that hit for that too. And there's So I like Jason Tatum, and he's been playing really well for Boston, and so has Jalen Brown. That was the other one that I wish I could have fit in there. Uh, obviously, Trey Young would have been my other pick, but Jalen Brown has been playing lights out for the Boston Celtics. I think he deserves to definitely be in the reserve spot this year because he has taken his game to the next level. Uh, I think he- if I was I think if I was replacing KD, I'd probably go with Jalen Brown. I've become a fan of Jalen Brown this year. And I remember watching on Christmas Day when they were playing the Bucks. I was sitting there with my family and I was like, remember this name, Jalen Brown. I was like, he's a young guy. I was like, I feel like he's gonna be in Boston forever unless they unless Brad Stevens decides to be a real silly goose and trade him away because he's really invested in that Boston uh, community. I was like, he's like a genius. And if people don't know, Jalen Brown is legit like a genius, like teaches seminars, uh, I think at MIT, and someone can fact check me on that. I think it's MIT that he teaches summer seminars at. And I, he just does so many cool things and then goes and plays all-star level basketball for, you know, one of the greatest franchises in the world, the Boston Celtics. So, yeah, I, I've, I've become a fan of Jalen this year and, and previous years. But, yeah, if, if I had to pick someone to replace KD, it'd be, be good old Jalen Brown in that uh, forward spot in the East. Awesome, awesome stuff. Did you have anyone else that didn't make your list that you, you want to give a shout-out to? Yeah, um, I guess the only other person that I couldn't find a spot for would be Anthony Edwards. Uh, I, I Like you said about Cat, Cat's had a stinky good year. Anthony Edwards is in the same conversation. I, I think Anthony Edwards and Cat both suffer from the Timberwolves not being very good. And with the NBA, it's a lot I, – I, it's not all about winning in the NBA, but a lot. it's kind of a lot about winning because if you're not winning, people don't want to talk about you. And – Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are both really, really good. It's just Minnesota is not very good. And they both go out there and put on a show, put up crazy numbers. Sometimes it can be empty stats, but empty stats are still stats. So, I mean, they're still making the plays. They're still making the buckets, getting rebounds, addition assists, block steals, whatever, whatever you want to look at. Uh, but Ant, when Ant got drafted, I was just not sold on him. I was like, I, I remember all the stuff that came out. Like, he doesn't even like basketball. Well, like, all this uh, – hubbub that came out in the media and I was like uh, well why is Minnesota picking him you'll get LaMelo and it turns out Anthony Edwards is just awesome and he's like this gift that keeps on giving with all the little snippets that he he gives um with little sound bits and stuff but yeah Anthony Edwards is awesome it's year two I think him and Ja will be headlining all-star games for many many years to come uh Steph gets that spot of him and very well could be in the reserves. I, I think he's very much deserving. It's just the guards in the West, the West in general is so stacked that it's, it's going to be tough to make the all-star roster for anybody in the West. I mean, Devin Booker, my goodness, it took him forever to make one. And he's been a star for years now. So, and he, he's got so much potential. I'd love to see him there, but 
couldn't quite make my uh, ballot. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, uh, I can see why he kind of had like that, like Markel Fultz 2.0 stink to him coming out. out. Um, but I, I remember. I watched him play Michigan State uh, when he was at Georgia. I think he dropped like 36 on that team and a good defensive Michigan State team. And I was like, that, I understand why he is one of the top prospects because he has everything in this game. Yeah, I've, it feels like he did that all the time in college and people are just like, I don't know. He just doesn't have it. It was weird. I don't know if it's because he went to Georgia or I don't know what it was. He's like, he's like a weird size for the game he plays because he plays like he's bigger and he's only like 6'4", six, 6'5". I don't know. He's just – he's a unique basketball player. He's really, really fun to watch. A couple weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, the Timberwolves played the Grizzlies, and Ant just went at Ja, like, every play. And I was like, Ja's kind of getting that respect in the league now where he's, like, considered a star. You, you don't you don't always see guys go at him, and Ant did not care who was in front of him. He's like, I'm getting to the bucket or I'm shooting. I This is the Anthony Edwards show. And that's – there's not many guys in the league that – uh especially at young ages, like Ant's like 20 at most that will do that. And that's, that's, it's special to see. And it's good for Minnesota. Minnesota's had bad luck in basketball and they've had so many stars. So hopefully Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns can be the dynamic duo that Minnesota needs. Also this all-star ballot talk took a wild turn into us talking a lot about the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I'm okay. A okay with because the Timberwolves have a fun future head. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, the Timberwolves are like, two steps ahead of where I think the Pistons want to be right now because Anthony Edwards and Cade Cunningham kind of match up. Cade's obviously a little less athletic, but a little bit more mature in his game. And has He's a, also bigger. Yeah, Cade's obvi- like quite yeah, a bit bigger. bigger than Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we just need that, you know, that Carl Anthony Towns type player where, I mean, that's a lot to ask for. Carl Anthony Towns was the number one overall pick and, and one of well, the best players. And he's, he's gained that experience. Cat, I mean, he's been in the league for what, like five, six years now? And he's been in the playoffs before. Like, Cat's got good experience to teach Anthony Edwards. Cade's kind of, I mean, he's got Jeremy Grant, who's, I mean, that's a good veteran to have, but it's not, it's not Cat. So right. it's, it's a little different. Right. Yeah. And as the Ben Simmons rumors heat up again, uh, We'll have to keep an eye out on that Pistons team because all of a sudden they could have a couple of couple of pieces there, especially with the way that Kate's playing. Uh, as I, promised, I fact checked myself. Minnesota is not as bad as I thought they were. They're twenty two and twenty three, yeah, so that that is not bad at all. I, yeah, I they would be a solid Eastern Conference team in the West. That's yeah. probably not going to do much for you, but yeah, they're. I mean, right now they're the sevens. They're above the Lakers. Oh, and yeah. the Clippers. So maybe Cat does deserve that spot over Paul George. Maybe, maybe. Am I uh, changing my ballot right now? <laughs> this is an official Timberwolves podcast, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to throw Cat in over Paul George. I'm throwing the Timberwolves a bone. Bill Wolves. All right, T-Wolves. Getting a lot of love on this episode of the Dylan and Dylan Show. Uh, happy for our fans out in Minnesota. As promised, the winner of our college football pick bowl pick em, challenge whatever you want to call it joe lister uh tv sports reporter uh sat down with us to talk whatever he wanted to talk about being a soccer guy he thought it was fitting to get some talking about the u.s men's national team as the training camp rosters were announced and as we get closer to the next world cup qualifier matchups uh we will cut to that interview right now All right, as promised, the college football pick'em winner is here with us. We have Joseph B. Lister, the winner of the TV sports pick'em and the Dylan Dylan and Dylan Show college football bowl pick'em is here to talk some soccer with us. Joseph, how are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty great and lucky. Lucky that I'm here and lucky that I won because I'm still not sure how I got to the top. But end of the day, got me on a radio show. Uh, we're excited to have you don't yeah uh, like i've said a few times i don't know how that thing went i don't know how i did so poorly and i don't know how all of you guys did so great but uh happy for you happy to get you on excited to get talking with you today uh you sent us a roster of the u.s men's national team the new training roster heading into the qualifying rounds uh i wanted to get your take on what you saw on that roster anything that stuck out in your mind or anything that uh you wanted to talk about on that yeah, so current roster, um, the one that they're in training camp right now, a lot, of, a lot of these guys, most of these guys will not be playing in World Cup qualifiers. 
coming in the next eight or so days. Um, it's still a good roster put together. It's mostly uh, the coach, Greg Berhalter, wants to get guys who are up and comers to the team, younger, playing in lower leagues. He wants to get them minutes. Uh, pretty much everybody on this list uh, is playing in Major League Soccer right now. Major League Soccer is on the break. It gives them a chance to get reps with the national team, add something to their resume, and hopefully they're developing players for the future. As for players that will be playing in the next qualifiers, I'm fairly optimistic by how the team will look outside of the absence of uh, Gio Reyna, who's currently injured right now. I think that there's a, there's a solid roster that's going to be put together. I think there'll be a few players that fans won't totally like, but other than that, I think it'll be good. So you mentioned this training camp roster with young guys that are playing in the MLS. Are there guys on uh, that are in the training camp roster that might, we might not get to see in qualifying uh, games. Are there any names that uh, people that might be like kind of casual fans, like me and Dylan might see ourselves as, are, are there any guys that have potential uh, that we might see in a few years down the line playing for team USA that we might want to keep our eye out for? Absolutely. One guy who I'm really high on that's in this training camp, but I would be very surprised if he pulled up to World Cup qualifiers. His name's Gaga Salina. He is 17 years old. He is the starting goalkeeper for the Chicago Fire. It's he's a very impressive kid. 17 years old. He's got the youngest clean sheet in Major League Soccer history. He's already getting interest from abroad, going to Europe. That's something that, you know, for a 17-year-old kid, that's insane. I think that give it a few years, he's going to take over for Zach Steffen and Matt Turner at that starting goalkeeper uh, position. That'll be really interesting to keep an eye on, especially this next uh, upcoming season in a few weeks to see how he progresses and see what interest comes in. But uh, the kid's got a lot of potential. His name's Gaga. Legally, his name is Gabriel, but everybody calls him Gaga. That's incredible. I believe it's a reference to he's 17 and he's just a kid, but I love him too. It's great. That's incredible. That like that sticks out in your head. And I mean, I feel like, at least for me being more of a casual team USA guy that I kind of catch the big games. I think of our goalkeepers like Tim Howard. That is who I think of when I think team USA. So if we've got another stout goalkeeper coming up, that's really, really exciting for me that someone that kind of, I catch the big games. I catch when we play Mexico or I catch while we're trying to get, get in the run towards the world cup. So that's very exciting. I'm excited to see uh, Gaga in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's almost a great, uh, segue because my one question I had ready to go is about the goalkeepers and Zach Steffen and Matt Turner. Uh, what did you think? Uh, obviously, Steffen has kind of taken over that role, but do you think that Steffen is going to be the guy moving forward, or do you think that's still an open race between Turner and Steffen? Yeah, uh, Greg Berhalter is a big fan of Matt Turner. I am too, personally. There's a lot of a lot of arguments to go either way. You can say Zach Steffen doesn't start. Why should we, you he play? But you could also say. Zach Steffen is on the bench for the second best team in the world. He can absolutely play. I think there's a lot of the lot go either way. I think personally, Matt Turner's a better shot stopper, which is what you really want out of your goalkeepers. I think Matt Turner for the foreseeable future until Zach Steffen starts getting real club team reps, Matt Turner will stay the number one goalkeeper, but we'll just see how that progresses. So you talk about where they sit as a, you know, I think more and more we're seeing more of those U.S. guys go international and find roles on international teams, uh, and it's a good segue into what I'm thinking of. Just as a whole, we've seen the U.S. men's national team kind of go on a resurgence, and uh, you know the popularity I think is probably at an all-time high uh, for that team. I want to know just uh, from someone that's in the sport, from someone who says they're a huge soccer fan, where does the U S men's national team rank, not just in North America, but globally, where are they uh, sitting in terms of competitiveness right now? Uh, In terms of youth, the United States is one of the best teams in the world. If you look at your under 21s, your under 18s outside of the top five leagues or countries in Europe, U.S. is right up there. They've got the most U21 minutes goals scored out of any country in all of the Americas, I believe, especially in CONCACAF and North American League. FIFA rankings, they're ranked number 11. That can be a little misleading because teams like Germany are not playing good teams. They're playing teams with a population that is less than the campus that I'm living on right now. So I think the U.S. is definitely a top 20 team. I think they're definitely World Cup bound. CONCACAF isn't easy, but we should see them win the World Cup. And I think we can't really make judgment calls on the world stage until we get to 
the World Cup and we get to make calls there and see how they line up against teams from Europe and Africa. But I think once we hit that point, then we'll start be able to make start making some bold claims about U.S. soccer and its future. So uh, a question arose in my head, kind of getting more specific than just the team, but I'm going to level it on one player, one player that sticks out in my head. And I'm, you probably know where I'm going with this because it's Christian Pulisic. How good really is he? Because I know we've had guys in the past, like Clint Dempsey, um, um, Landon Donovan, like guys that are like, oh yeah, those those are our guys. That's the the, the captains of Team USA. They're the guys scoring the big goals. But it seems like Pulisic at such a young age is already maybe on another level. Am I am I crazy in thinking that, or am I getting ahead of myself? I think you might be getting ahead of yourself. If you compl- if you compare this team to past teams, I'd put the entire roster is better than previous teams that had the Landon Donovans and the Deuces. But you know, I think. Christian Pulisic is still fighting for best player on this roster. You look at Weston McKinney, who is playing out of his mind right now for Juventus. I think Christian Pulisic is a, is an incredible captain and he's an incredible soccer player. I think he is not the ceiling for us soccer. As far as talent goes, I think you can start looking at guys like Gio Reyn and Weston McKinney to take over the team and talent, but Christian Pulisic with the years he's got and the leadership that he's already demonstrated at such a young age makes for an incredible captain. That is really exciting to hear someone that uh, has got to watch and people listening have also watched seeing what Christian Pulisic's done with Team USA in a short amount of time. Saw what he did this, I guess it's this past year now, it's 2022, that's still weird, against Mexico uh, in, what was it, in Denver, I think, is when they played Mexico? I think it was at Mile High Stadium or in Vesco, whatever they call the Bronco Stadium. They they played there and uh, we won an extra time. And I I remember watching that because it was the same night as Floyd Mayweather versus um, the YouTube boy, Logan Paul. And I was like, this is incredible. What a sports night. We go from this spectacle to like the greatest rivalry in the world, USA, Mexico, Pulisic leads the, the, the young lads uh, to a big win. So if, if Pulisic isn't the, the, um, the ceiling that provides a lot of excitement for the future, in my opinion, anyways, it gets me fired up because I, there's nothing like a good USA soccer team to get you fired up. You get all patriotic, the red, white, and blue starts running. Oh man. I, there's nothing like it really. So that, that's really exciting for me to hear. Anyways, I hope other people get fired up hearing it. No, it's really exciting. I'm really excited about the future of US soccer with guys that half the team is under 21, at least half the team is under 21. There's a huge ceiling for the talent level level that this team has. Awesome. I'm also excited for it as well. I want to get your final thoughts on maybe just these qualifiers that are coming up. Uh, Obviously they play El Salvador January 27th, uh, but the big matchup uh, coming on January 30th with Canada. Uh, How are you feeling about just in general, the, the qualifiers coming up for the world cup? Canada is going to be a hell of a game to watch. They're sitting they're sitting in first place in the uh, qualifiers right now. After they beat Mexico, they got themselves a little bit of an ego. There's a clip out there of a Canadian TV broadcaster claiming that they're the new kings of CONCACAF, to which a lot of soccer fans told him that he should stay in his place. I think that's still going to be a good game, though. I don't know how far Canada can keep their run going. They're really going to miss Alfonso Davies. He's out for the next few months with uh, an illness. He's one of the best, if not the best, players in CONCACAF. So I think at the end of the day, the U S can walk away with a win here and they can, if they don't get six points from El Salvador and Honduras, it's really something to talk about. But I think the goal for this cycle is to beat Honduras, beat El Salvador. And then if you can beat Canada, that is the cherry on top that really pushes you over the edge and gets you past Canada, gets you past Mexico, gets you past Panama. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that the U.S.-Canada soccer rivalry is becoming a thing because I think, obviously, the U.S.-Mexico has always been a thing and it's heated up. But if you can get that whole North American continent to be caring about uh, the, the soccer matchups, even these World Cup qualifiers, I think it's just going to be an awesome, awesome type of environment, especially when they go up to Canada and play that matchup. Uh, any final thoughts from either of you guys, Dylan? Any final questions or anything you want to wrap up with, Joe? I, I have something. So it was announced about an hour ago. I, I think that's right. Yeah, about an hour ago from the Associated Press that in March, uh, Team USA's final home World Cup qualifier, they're going to play in Orlando. And I like I didn't know how significant that was. I, I read the article from the AP. We're 4-0 uh, 
in Orlando, which I thought that's pretty neat. That's that's a nice little cherry. And we're playing Panama. It's on March 27th. I, I guess just like, what's your initial reactions to that? Is it like having the Orlando uh, home field? Is that a big deal or does it really matter? Uh, I don't know. I throw it to you. I don't know what all these things mean. I just know we're playing Orlando, playing Panama March 27th. Yeah. One thing I want to jump to before Orlando is that I believe in the February window, the United States is playing a game in Minnesota and the temperatures are expected to be negative two against Costa Rica or something. So I'd like to just point out the U S soccer is really trying to put games in places where they feel they can win. I think Minnesota in February is really excessive because you're not just, you know, geeking out the guys from Panama, but nobody enjoys playing in negative two and snowing in Minnesota in February. So I think that might backfire as for Orlando. Orlando isn't necessarily the home of United States soccer. I think it's beneficial that they're four and there. I think it's beneficial to be at home against Panama. That'll be a really interesting game to watch because Panama is a little bit of a dark horse kind of popping up. And they're one of the four teams that's still really in the running. Don't know how much Orlando plays into it, but I think that, you know, us, a us team who's a little more used to American elements and comfortable in Orlando rather than Minnesota will be more successful there. Yeah. To follow up on that a year from now, what do you think we're saying about team USA soccer? Because if I'm correct, the world cup will start in about November. So what will the three of us, what are we going to be thinking about Christian Pulisic and the boys, maybe Gaga. I hope Gaga's playing. Um, What are we going to be thinking about them a year from now? Uh, And I'll leave it at that. That's right. It's all about the name for Gaga. But I think in a year from now, we're looking at uh, we're looking at the World Cup and we're saying that this is one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team playing in the World Cup, which is something to be really excited about. This is a team that's ranked 11 in FIFA rankings, and they are so young and they have so much talent. And I think that this is looking forward to the rest of American soccer as the sport grows. I think we're going to be looking at even if they don't make a deep run into the world cup. We're going to be looking at as we're in the world cup. We weren't in 2018. This team has a lot of potential. It's time to move forward. It's time to really push the sport. It's time that us soccer really claims what it's theirs. And that's respect as one of the top teams in the world. Awesome stuff. Uh, thank you so much, Joe, for joining us again. Congratulations on winning the, the pool. Uh, we'll be sure to get you back on sometime, talk maybe some more soccer and definitely some big 10 football or basketball or something along those lines. Uh, appreciate you. Absolutely. You guys have a great rest of your evening. Take it easy. All right. And finally, our picks for the NFL divisional round. We will go in chronological order, starting with the Bengals and Titans on Saturday. I'm sure you've been dying to get to this point in the uh, in the podcast. So Dylan, take I it. have, I have. Before we started recording, I sat here for I kid you not, probably 45 minutes, and just watched video after video after video I could find on Twitter that said Titans hype video. Every single one of them was titled that. And I just sat here and I got like the just so amped up. I was like, man, I wish it was Saturday. And that's kind of how it felt all week. Because it feels like everything's just been building to this playoff game. And unfortunately, it's against Cincinnati. Because I really like this Bengals team. I got to watch them this year. I've seen two teams play in person this year. The Bengals and the Titans. Fitting enough, they're playing in the playoffs, which is really cool. Um, I, I like Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. But, man, this Titans team just feels special. It, it feels like everything, like I said, has been building towards this. They got A.J. Brown back uh, the week before Christmas on Thursday night football. Uh, and that was kind of the first piece that came back from injury. We beat the 49ers, a 49ers team that is obviously pretty good. They're still standing here when we've got eight teams left. Uh, then the next week, we get Julio back. The week after that, you you sprinkle in Bud Dupree. You sprinkle in guys like David Long. Sprinkle in Jayon Brown. Sprinkle in Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffle. It's like the whole game's getting back. And then all throughout the last two weeks, while the Bengals had to deal with the Raiders, that tight game in Cincinnati, the, the king, the king is coming back for his throne. Derrick Henry's getting healthy. He's looking awesome at practice. If When you're listening to this tomorrow on Friday, the 21st, there will more than likely be an announcement that Derrick Henry will be activated. That's what it's trending towards. And if that happens, I don't see any way the Titans lose that game 
on Saturday. I just think there's way too much momentum. I think the city of Nashville is going – like I said Buffalo was hostile last week. I think Nashville is going to be a hostile place for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think everyone in Nashville is so fired up to see Derrick Henry run out of that tunnel. Number 22, on the 22nd day of January and the 22nd year after the year 2000, I just the, – the, the numbers are lining up. Everything's lining up for a Titans victory. I just – I don't know. It just doesn't seem like this. the story of this Titans team ends here. I, I think it keeps turning, and I think the Titans are going to be in the AFC Championship. I don't know. I'm, I'm really, really fired up for this one. I'm very, very excited for Saturday. excited to see the Titans. They've, they've got the All-Navy planned. They're 4-0 in All-Navy this year. I don't know. Everything's lining up for a Titans victory. But I do. I respect this Bengals team. This Bengals team's really, really good. Like I said last week, I, I picked them last week. I, I said this team's good. I just, like I said last week also, the experience isn't there with a lot of them. And I think that's coming to a hostile Nashville where a lot of these Titans players have experience. I mean, even a guy that's not been on the team, Julio Jones, I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's been in the playoffs a million times. I, I'm expecting a big-time performance from the Titans on Saturday. I expect a close game, but I, I think the Titans get it out and they're going to be moving on to the FC Championship. I'll quit rambling about my Tennessee Titans and let you give your analysis on this game. I don't have much of an analysis. I'm right there with you. I'm going with the Titans. I really have a question for you, and it's uh, and you mentioned it. You sat in Cincinnati when the Bengals played the Titans, or not the not the Titans, the Vikings at the beginning of the year. Uh, you've also seen the Titans in person. Did you expect that this is how the NFL season would play out when you were sitting in Cincinnati on week in week one of the NFL season that these no. teams would be meeting in the playoffs. No, because I thought I didn't think the Bengals would be in the playoffs. I thought the Bengals were good. I was like, wow, this is a really improved team. I was impressed by the defense that played so well against a very explosive Minnesota offense. The offense, the Cincinnati offense looked explosive. I was like, this is a good team. They're going to be fun to watch. They're, they're not going to win the North. The North stacked. Cleveland's really good. Pittsburgh's really good. Baltimore's really good. And it turns out since I was just the best out of all of them, I would have never expected that. And honestly, if you just look at the two games I watched, Cincinnati's better. The Titans did not play that good in the game I was at. They were able to scrape by and beat the Colts, which was a good win. But, I mean, on paper, the two games I watched, the Bengals were better. But that's not how it's going on on Saturday. I do not care. Yeah, I'm fully expecting the Titans at full strength to, to run past the Bengals in that one. Moving over to the NFC game on Saturday, uh, we've got the 49ers at Green Bay. Like I said, I think this is like maybe a sneaky chance at an upset, but I'll throw it to you. What do you think, 49ers or Green Bay? So I'm going with San Francisco. I'm going with the upset. Uh, I think San Francisco's got a lot of momentum. I think San Francisco has taken on the mentality of the Titans from a few years ago. When the Titans made that run to the AFC Championship, they ended up – getting stopped by the uh, Chiefs. But um, I think San Francisco has that same mentality of no one's picking us. They're like, oh, Jimmy G's at quarterback. Like, what's Jimmy G going to do? Well, he just beat the Cowboys. Debo's the star. Can Debo really carry you? Well, Derrick Henry did it for the Titans. Why can't Debo do it for the 49ers? Debo is a completely different animal. I That guy is hard to contain. And Green Bay is going to have a heck of a time having to deal with Debo. I think – I think if San Francisco can do similar things to what they did in Dallas, I mean, it's going to, I mean, Lambeau Field is a hard place to go and win. But I think San Francisco, with all the experience they have on that team, Kyle Shanahan does a great job. I, if anyone's going to do it, I think San Francisco has a good chance as anybody to go on Lambeau and win. I'm going to go with them. Why not? I want to have some fun. I'll go with 49ers. Who you got? Uh, I like, I like that you did it because I've been talking about how much there's a chance for an upset. I'm not going to do it because I like Green Bay too much. I think they're just, the like I've said a thousand, a million times on this podcast, they're a team of destiny this year, and I don't think the 30 for 30 kind of gets ruined if they get bounced in the first playoff game that they play. So uh, I think they end up pulling it out. Uh, like I said, uh, Greg Greenlaw, uh, that that 49ers, cor- those corners, they're going to have to play outstanding because there's no one that's been able to figure out that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams matchup. It's, it's insane to think that like, like it feels like every year Devontae Adams is leading the league and receiving, breaking some sort of green Bay record. And uh, I, I just think they're, they're too much. That offense is too much. I think green Bay is just too much for the 49ers and they move on the two favorites move on on Saturday. We'll move on to Sunday's games possibly the best game uh, of the the whole postseason right here in the Rams and the Bucks showdown in Tampa. Who do you like in this one, Dylan? 
the Sunday slate is amazing. I think both days are going to be awesome. Sunday, oh my goodness. Um, and start with Tampa Bay, LA. I this is. I think it's you throw your hat up. It's like I don't know. Either of these teams can win because I I I'm going with Tampa Bay. I I I picked Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl on our roundtable a couple weeks ago, and I, I still think that's how it's going to play out. But man, I that LA defense is something else. And we talked about it earlier when we were talking about the blowouts that when Aaron Donald and Von Miller are on the same defense, I mean, that's scary. And if it was any other offense on the other side, I'd be like, man, good luck, but it's Tom Brady and it's all those receivers. I just, we've seen Tom Brady beat a Sean McVay led Rams team in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, more specifically, just like three or four years ago. It hasn't been that long ago at all. Tom Brady knows how to beat these Sean McVay led teams. So, why can't he do it again at home in Tampa Bay? I mean, I just – I see this going very well for Tom Brady. Um, best of luck to the Rams. I, I love. I think it will be a really good game, but I just think it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. He doesn't lose many of those, and I think they're going to keep on marching for a date with the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Who do you have in that one? Yeah, and I've got the Bucks, and for really one reason alone, it's like my whole – one of my whole – Thought processes on the NFL will die if Matt Stafford's able to upset a Tom, a Tom Brady-led Bucks team because I've been on the train since Matt Stafford's been uh, – was in Detroit for so many years. He's very talented. He's just not good enough to beat the elite quarterbacks of this league. The Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, they're just, a, they're just slightly better than him, and they'll always be able to beat the teams that Matt Stafford is leading because of that. Uh, now, the Rams are obviously a different story. I never thought he would be on a team quite built like the Rams. But at the same time, it's Tom Brady and the Bucks, and we've been talking about this team for since before the season started. Uh, if they're able to upset that team, I'm going to have to rethink a lot about what I think about football and Matthew Stafford and that Rams team in general because, uh, yeah, a lot of my opinions are going to have to change uh, if that happens. I'm going to stick with the Bucks because that's the only thing that makes sense in my mind. Let's see if Matt Stafford can blow my mind on, on Sunday. Uh, last but not least, the Bills are attempting to get past the Chiefs and make the AFC Championship game for the second season in a row. Who do you like in the Chiefs and the Bills? I think it's Kansas City. I you don't beat Patrick Mahomes in the month of January. It just does not happen. It's I think it's gone like three straight years without losing a game in January. It's some crazy, insane stat like that. And I really like Buffalo, after, especially after what they did. But we've also seen the two faces of Buffalo, where they haven't been this exciting, explosive team, and they have to go to Arrowhead and. God bless them. That's a tough place to play in the playoffs. That that crowd is insane. Like, turn on Sunday Night Football last week when it was Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and you can just hear the Kansas City crowd doing that uh, chant that they do through the TV. It sounds like a college football atmosphere, and it's, it's one of the few places in the NFL that gives off that type of atmosphere. Man, I, Buffalo's got that great atmosphere, but they don't have it going against them, and that's what Josh Allen's going to have to deal with on Sunday, and I – like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are unde- unbeatable in January, and I don't think that's going to change. That it kind of seems like Kansas City is going to. It's this is going to be like kind of the narrative around these two teams. Kansas City just keeps pushing Buffalo down. They're kind of like the class bully to the Bills. Like it seems like they've got the same miles. The 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 two hot young teams at the uh at the at the top of the AFC. I was going to say the bottom. Very much not the bottom of the AFC. And it seems like the Chiefs are just like right above them, and they're just going to keep it that way for a long time, which sucks for Buffalo. But Kansas City, they're just on a historic run right now, and I don't think that's stopping. I, I think the Chiefs are going to handle Buffalo in a very fun game that could be very, very high scoring. And I hope it is because I hope they put on the show, and I hope they wear each other out. And which in Kansas City comes to Nashville the next Sunday, and then they get sent home so the Titans can go to the Super Bowl. Uh, who do you have in that one? This is my lone upset pick. I've got the Bills, and I've talked about Buffalo all year, and I just I kept saying, like, I don't think they're elite yet. I don't think Josh Allen's elite yet. I don't think this team is truly as good as everyone's telling me they are. I think they proved against New England that they took that next step this year. I think this team looks a lot better than they did last year, and I think we saw, like you said, we've seen the two sides of the Bills this year. We've seen the two sides of Kansas City this year. There was one point where we were like, 
Pat Mahomes, like, did we overreact to Pat Mahomes? Because all of a sudden he's playing like, obviously that was an overreaction in and of, of itself, but we've seen what it's taken to at least slow down Kansas City. So I'm not going to say that it's impossible for them to do it because we've seen teams do it this year. Uh, if Buffalo is able to bring out some of those tactics and uh, somehow find a way to slow down that offense, I think they've got an offense that can that can hang right with Kansas City this year. So I like the Bills in this one. This is my lone upset. They make the AFC Championship for the second year in a row. Uh, and we get some fun in the AFC title game between the Bills and the Titans. That would be a fun matchup, I think. A lot of fun. Uh, a lot more fun than... We've seen Kansas City and Tennessee. Let's get it. Let's get Buffalo and Tennessee in there and really get a fun one. Well, Buffalo and Tennessee is a nice little rivalry too, going all the way back to the Music City Miracle. And like, it seems like every year the Titans and Bills play, and it's always super close. I I would love to see it again. We played this year on Monday Night Football, and if you don't remember, that was an awesome game. So that's a nice. It could be a nice little preview of the AFC Championship if. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities where we're going to see rematches in the AFC Championship. The Bengals beat the Chiefs just a few weeks ago. The Titans beat the Chiefs way back in October, I believe. I mean, and the Titans beat the Bills back in October. So, I mean, um, there's kind of a narrative here. I'm not going to point it out. But, you know, we could be seeing a, a possible rematch in the AFC Championship, which is exciting. Exciting, exciting stuff. I'm excited for this postseason uh, round of games. Uh, excited to get into the championship games next week. Uh, it's the best part, time of the year, as we said in the NFL roundtable. The NFL postseason is in full swing, and we've got the best games coming up in these next couple of weeks. That's going to do it from us here at the Dylan Dylan Show. Dylan, any final thoughts? Final thoughts before we go. Yeah, um, I'm very excited for this weekend, obviously, because of the Titans game. That's going to be incredible. I, I might have to find myself down to Nashville just to be in the city while that game's going on because it, it's just going to be electric. And from the sounds of social media, it really does seem like it's going to be pure electricity on Broadway and in any other part of Nashville. Uh, Fox just put out a tweet that said the cheapest tickets for the titans Bengals game is $256. That's more that, – that's the cheapest ticket – which is way more than the cheapest ticket to any other game. So it's, it's the hottest ticket in town. It's going to be a great game. Joe Burrow against the Titans. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but I'm also looking forward to a lot of good college basketball this weekend. Kentucky and Auburn play. And that is a game that if you're, like, flipping between football games and you're like, I want to check in a little – I need my basketball fix. Kentucky and Auburn needs to be at the top of your list. The Wildcats are going into the jungle down at Auburn. That – that is going to have huge implications for the SEC. And we're going to see how good Auburn is. We're also going to see how good UK is. So I'm really, really excited for that uh, matchup because those are two behemoths in college basketball this year. And they're going to go at it. And it's going to be a really good game. But, yeah, fun stuff happening with that. Fun stuff happening in all worlds of sport. The playoffs are turning. The next time we talk, we're going to be talking about the NFC and AFC championships. And who's going to the Super Bowl? I'm, I'm excited. Uh, lot, lots of fun stuff happening. Yeah, hopefully by the next time we talk to you, we know more about the Jim Harbaugh stuff so we can get into that a little bit more too because uh, that is the biggest thing going on in my sports world uh, and it just sucks to be sitting here with just like, oh, it sounds like he is going to take the Raiders job. No, it sounds like he's going to stay. I would like a decision. That's all I would say. That's my final thought. Thank you so much for everyone tuning in. Here is where you can find us. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports on Instagram at Tunnel Vision Sports underscore on TikTok, Twitter uh, at underscore TV Sports on Facebook and LinkedIn at Tunnel Vision Sports and on the web at TVSportsNet.com. And you can find us, the Dylan and Dylan Show at Dylan and Dylan Show on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you all next week. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy your sports and we will see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>